The following episode was made with the purest of intentions. The goal was not to be racial, crass, arrogant, or harsh towards any community in the world. With that being said, enjoy the show. Welcome to PBE Daily Early Mornings and Daily Podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivumbi. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. I've been loving the amount of listenership I've been getting the last couple of days. It's really, really cool. It just means that we're probably moving in the right direction with the content I'm creating. And it also means that there's an actual growth pattern that has been found in what I do. And I, for one, will never look down on the fact that I'm getting better and better at what I do day by day. And also, I'm getting further and further into the work I wanted to create, for example. I've been saying I'm three pages to go for the past couple of weeks and now I can safely say I have two pages to go and I'll be completely done with that which needs to be done. Granted, some of the pages that are supposed to be created have been affected by the fact that I cannot really move past a certain point because I'm torn in how the technique is supposed to be executed and if I'm not really certain about the technique I'm using, I'll be the first guy to say like, no, maybe I should just pull myself back and hold my horses and come back and revisit it slowly in a different pace and it's been working perfectly so far one thing i learned this week do not be afraid to scrap the work you've done to a certain point because maybe scrapping it was the best thing you could have done i had a page that was really bugging me because i wasn't sure of how i'd get the color palette to look and how the brush strokes would go and thank heavens for how my interaction on instagram has been lately because I discovered this Thursday last week. Unlike how I previously used to use Instagram, lately, since most of the people I follow are professionals in the fields I'm curious about, digital painting, traditional painting, and um, character designers and animators, as in, that's predominantly what I look at, from comic book artists to animators who are Oscar-nominated currently, all the way to painters who just work on concept art that they've seen from other illustrators and they're now trying to master their style and make their own books come to life, Kickstarter uh, portfolios and all that. And granted, I still see my favorites of curvy models online and indulgences will happen. I will say that for sure. But it's better informed the work that I create and I completely scrapped a certain page layout that I had and I just muted that, that page and by muting a layer and creating another layer from scratch, I was able to move further because sometimes when you're making something, you get too married to the initial concept art and you struggle to try to justify it. And sometimes the best way to justify that is scrap it. Take, for example, there's a rhyme I've been trying to write for the past couple of weeks and I love the way the first seven bars are looking, but I haven't finished the last couple of bars because I think my, my, my mind state is not where it was at that time. So I'm scared that I may have to scrap that one as well. But for the greater good, I may just have to. But moving on further from that, I, I took up my whole old hobby of listening to different audiobooks, one at in the house and one at, at work. And the guy I was listening, listening to recently was uh, a person who I've always talked about in this podcast, Malcolm Gladwell. And it is, it's a book he wrote years ago called... Um, the name escapes me, which is so sad. The book was called Outliers. There you go. Outliers was a book he created. And the thing I love about this book is it the way it defines itself. And the next couple of episodes may be inspired by Outliers and how what I picked up from Outliers and the questions I've been having by myself that Outliers potentially plays a part in that which it's going to be. And here's the thing. I've always been 
want to end up or find myself surrounded by people who have either directly been affected by the disenfranchisement of colonialism or descendants of those who colonialism affected rather aggressively and as a person who's done business with what would be considered by individuals who went through the tough times or are generations of those who are affected directly by colonial power i've i've always had this misunderstanding or disunderstanding of how the lines exist and many maybe it's because it it comes from a place where the person who I'm who's addressing me or a person who's trying to put the point across is so embedded in how the feeling hit hard that they won't make any compromises to try explain themselves which is purely their prerogative i mean i for one would never like to the idea of oppressing anybody or being an oppressor in the first place it's one thing where i think my upbringing in faith and my upbringing with the principle stops me from trying any way shape or form to disenfranchise a person to my advantage i mean even in the episode i spoke on how my take on aristocracy i still feel the only way to beat aristocracy is to outwork them and when i say outwork them i don't mean simply to not strategize as well time and again i've mentioned how war books inspire how i think and how i direct my thoughts and even lectures on war and things like that but when i start looking at the whole idea of colonialism i try go further back because there's this documentary series that was done by the bbc and it touched on empire the british empire and the expansion of empire and i can't pinpoint exactly which year the industrial revolution happened in europe and thus the result was a search for cheap labor and all that and it's, it was mainly a continuation of something that was was culturally existing prior to that and servitude was something that has existed since roman times and even probably prior to that and when it comes to those the ideals of servitude from the little i have learned so far when a person was brought into servitude after a war they were taken as pieces of conquest so you became a slave or a serf if you will and this servant would be willing would would, would serve a specific period in time and after that period in time was served you were given coin and land to fend for yourself so you end up becoming part of the system after a certain point or you remain remain a serf for the rest of your life now i don't know if that is a correct depiction of that so i'll definitely revisit that pbe daily will always be a platform where when we find out more information that clears up something that we thought we knew initially we will come and revisit it so it's a growth process and a growth pattern and when i, th- I thought about those serves and then i thought about how imagine if you will you're a person in your 20s or you're in your late teens your country has been dragged into a war in the early 1900s and this war is because certain cousins who sit on certain thrones have generals around them who feel Napoleon embarrassed them during a certain war and they need to justify themselves and they need to battle it out with these countries that beat them before for the sake of just making sure they prove that they have the bigger balls in their continent 
right? And one of the things that scares them is they see this one individual taking these small provincial states and turning them into empires. And empires need protection, so they start making armies. You're a little kid in the streets just minding your own business and you wake up in the morning, you try to find a place you could actually make something out of yourself and you go in and suddenly there's this global conflict that could affect you. And then they tell you, by serving us in this, we're going to find a territory to give you as reparations for what you've done for us in defending our honor. And part of those reparations is there's these lands we took over across the globe. And we'll give you a piece of that for you to make something for your name and your family and you thereafter. Now imagine that kid fights the war, is given a portion of land, and that land is, say, in Kenya. Never been to Kenya, doesn't know what, what, what the climate is like, he doesn't know what kind of diseases could actually affect him on that side of town, but he, he's been told there are two or three other people who've already moved in that direction, and they've made more or less a base for themselves. You could probably join them. They'll, they'll teach you the ropes. They'll show you how to farm and till the land and they'll tell you what kind of enemies you're supposed to expect. And before you leave, after the war is done and you're still dealing with your PTSD and, before, and you're, you're now leaving to go take this land that you were promised is going to be yours, you're going to be okay because there's people over there that's going to take care of you. They give you this handbook. And this handbook has... A list of things you should know about the different areas. The natives who stay there. They call them natives because that na- they're, they're the guys who you found on the ground. So it's a way of trying to under underplay who they are. They tell you they are savage people. And these savages are only going to be better advanced thanks to you being there. You're superior to them because you come from this great continent and you've seen so many advancements be built or engaged in. They are a primitive people. They live in bushes. They basically are the wild animals. Without being blatant, they, they depict this to you. And they lay that out and then they send you to this land. And they're given your portion and you sit there. And you start seeing these individuals. And you notice some of them have picked up the language. They can speak it as eloquently as they as you can. And the more eloquence they gain and the more knowledge of what's happening around them they gain the more opinionated they become now you came in thinking of them as these savage beings and now you're seeing them telling you the land you sit on right now my ancestors my forebears were buried on that land this land the soil itself is fertilized by that which i am i am this land Every essence of my being runs through the veins of every branch of every tree. And I want it back. But you come with the mentality of, I was given this by my royals and my forebears as reparations for protecting that where we came from. Why should I give you this and disenfranchise myself? I can't go back because when I go back, there's nothing there for me because we destroyed all that. We need to figure this side out. To wrap my head around that alone is one of those things where I don't understand it because I I see bits and pieces of racism predominantly when it's televised. The closest thing to racism I ever experienced was I was 17 years old in Westlands, Nairobi. 
And the old man talks to me like I was nothing. And it hurt. Because I couldn't do anything about it. I can't lift a finger. But I, I, I have nothing that is... Outside of my anger, there's nothing I can do to deal with the situation. And the person who did it to me was a person who's Indian. Now, I can't now blanket hate a community because of that. This one person had their way of thinking. And that's who they were, based upon how they came up and how they saw the world. Because let's not forget, one of the first frontiers that was taken over by the Brits was India. Whatever his frustrations are, or his arrogance is, he will carry it the way he'll carry it. In all British colonies in the continent, there was a hierarchy based upon shade of skin. And I'll touch on that on a different episode, but that hierarchy being created and that hierarchy being carried forward, you you make one person feel better than the next person and then you shoot that person in the foot because it serves you for him to see himself as less. Now take that type of mentality and then bring it into independent states the few who know what the lingo is and know what the game is like sometimes will decide to maintain status quo and take the few who are not as informed as they are and treat them as serfs there's certain political books I came across and I know this has gone super political but I think it's important for me to not only inform on how creative journeys go but circumstances that could stand or impede how we create further and this is why even this episode started with a disclaimer we need to try as delicately as possible and as poignantly as possible address that which sits in front of us the world has never been a friendly place but we try as much as possible to find small pockets that would actually better serve us together This whole mentality of one is better than the other, it of course plays a very big role in classism. And the whole idea of aristocracy playing down everybody else. Some people are beaten more aggressively than others, even subconsciously. Because in the book by Malcolm Gladwell, they talk about how in certain parts of the world, the class system affects even the professional lives of certain individuals because you can't talk to your boss and address something that could could affect lives out of the fear of you're addressing the class. An entire job commission could go sideways because the person who has the proper ideas of how to deal with the situation is not of a higher class. We sometimes even do it to each other in our typical everyday life. I try as much as possible to not look down on a person I see in the street or a person I'm walking past in the street. And I remember once on this podcast, I mentioned that some of the people I look up to are people who work construction. We look down upon construction workers every day of the week. Whenever, say, we're sitting in our vehicles moving around or sitting in a cab moving around or we're sitting on on a bike moving around. And when I look at all that and... I know I've been guilty of this and sometimes it's what actually I, I'm actually glad of the living situation I have right now because I walk to work every day and I walk back every day and 
some of the conversations I hear these guys who work construction when they're walking up and down the road the little things I pick up on them is I have to give them a great deal of respect because of the grit that they have I walk to, to, to the office and I sit in the office and I draw I'm sitting down in one spot the entire day my food is brought to me and everything and I think of when I'm doing this the individual who's up there picking up bricks and laying out the cement making sure that the, the physics between the amount of uh, mix of cement that is using and then the, the weight of the brick and how they're lined up with each other to make sure this structure stands firm just so we could make minimum wage or even less than minimum wage a day and see how much he's going to use from that small amount of money to take care of his kids and everything all these things come into play and then i think about how i could make the mistake of looking down on that person in a supermarket because i'm spending more money on in supermarket goods and when i'm walking on the streets with them i hear them talk about how much it costs for them to buy just kale for them to make their meal and what they have as far as the different foods in the house. I mean, I remember one time when I used to see, go see my friends in Kibera when I was living in, in, in Dagorete. I'd go, see, uh, go to Kibera to see my friends and one of them gave me this old tattered book and it was a comic book, which I still have to this day. It was a tattered version of comic book edition of a noir uh, Blade Runner. I still have it. And I think about how he was living and one time went to the, super, to the, to the kiosk, <clears throat> what you'd call a bodega, and he picked something up and the cost of that thing was so low and I thought about how much it costs in our neighborhood and I had a bit bigger respect for how cheap their life was because it means more money stays in their pocket but maybe not more money doesn't stay in their pocket because they spend only what they have and now I think about that and look how this all began with the whole idea of trying to wrap my head around the thinking of a person who became a colonialist Imperial thinking made that person look down on everybody else he saw around. We were beasts. As black people, we were considered beasts before we even looked at as human. And it was a doctrine thing that was being passed from a person from one person to another academically. Look down on your enemy and you'll be able to fight them. Even in World War I, when you hear the stories of how certain soldiers were taught to look at the enemy as less than by giving a person the mentality of thinking of a person less than anything else and you keep that mentality in their heads for a decade plus are you surprised if that is carried forward and to what extent should we not marry ourselves to the ideals of those who came before us because i, I firmly believe it, even in my situation as an independent country in kenya there's still to a great degree certain individuals who look down on their fellow man and I'm talking man, period. Forget this whole tribal and racial line that was drawn because people wanted to make expansions of empire. Forget all that. We have the same organs. And when it comes to blood, blood donations, we have the same different blood types that we could actually serve one person to the other. I've never heard of a person not being given blood from a different race and surviving. All that said and done, some of us still think we can hold on to those ideals of the past which really 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 don't make any sense and as much as i i still have a long way to go because there's books that have been rec recommended to me for me to read them to better understand the ideal or the mind of a person who became part of the expansion of colonialism and i hope by the time i find those books and give them a listen or give them a read i'll be able to better serve 
how this topic needs to be addressed. But what I'd like to be a takeaway from this first episode that touches on this in such a way. May we at least attempt changing the way we perceive each other and changing the way we carry respect towards each other as humans. Can we attempt it? Granted that those who came before us had done to a certain extent a crappy job of making us look at each other as equals. But can we attempt it? Say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode and also for continuously supporting that which is being created. You make it all worth it and you make it all worth discovering even more. Until the next time, love and uno.